Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hot Seat with Cognizant Clay. I am your host, Clayton Terrio. Today on the show, we have Steve Way. Steve is a stand-up comedian, substitute teacher, and actor on Hulu's Raimi. He was born with Ulrich congenital muscular dystrophy. He has been public speaking for several years for the Muscular Dystrophy Association and currently resides in New Jersey. I hope you guys enjoy it. How, how are you doing today, Steve? How, how have things been with you? I'm good, man. Just uh, relaxing today. That's Watch always good. Projects. Yeah. Awesome. Just so, chilling. Yeah, that's always good, right? Always. Um, so I'm, I'm going to touch on your disability first, Steve, j- just for the viewers so they're aware. Um, so you were born with Ulrich congenital muscular dystrophy, which is a very rare form of muscular dystrophy. I was born with Duchenne myself, but Ulrich is even more rare. Um, what are some of the challenges that you're presented with due to your disability? I mean, you know, pretty standard stuff. Uh, accessibility, healthcare, um, you know, all that fun stuff. But for someone like me, I, I have really probably no shot at seeing any kind of treatment in my lifetime. You know, in, in the last five years, we've seen probably more treatments come out than ever before. Um, I'll probably never see those. Uh, which, you know, it's unfortunate, but uh, I'm, I'm in a uh, an exclusive club. Definitely. Yeah, I, I would say so. But you, you do have a good sense of humor about it. And that's that's really all you can have. Right. I mean, it is what it is. You just got to keep going. And, and how how do you overcome those challenges? What, what are what are some things that you do to, to stay positive? It's just taking it one day at a time. You know, every day is going to be different. So I'm not going to live today anticipating tomorrow or how I felt yesterday. Um, and it's also realizing and accepting that our world and our society was not designed for people like us. And a lot of it was designed to oppress us, to keep us down, to keep holding us back. Um, And once you accept that, uh, it makes things a little easier. Um, But, you know, it's still still hard to navigate a system that was just, it was made to be broken. Definitely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And it, it is hard, but who, who are some of the people in your life that have helped you stay positive over the years? Um, I mean, definitely my parents, um, you know, my parents have just always taught me to always keep trying, you know, always keep pushing forward. Um, my sister, you know, she's always there to listen to me. Uh, my girlfriend has always motivated me to be a better person, to keep raising the bar, to keep setting goals for myself. 
it's definitely good to have those people. I, um, I, I don't know what I would do without my family either. It's, it's, it's definitely an honor when they're so supportive. And just to talk about your career, you, you, you basically have three careers in one, which is interesting to me. And that's a substitute teacher, a stand-up comedian, and an actor. And you've also been public speaking for most of your life. But first, I want to touch on the the teaching. Is is that something you always wanted to do? And how did teaching come about for you? Yeah, for a while, I, I wanted to be a, a high school history teacher. That's actually why I went to college. Um, you know, I went through the full um, teaching program, and right before the end, I realized that four years of college really took a toll on my body, and I knew that I didn't have the physical capacity to be a teacher. So I figured, why not do the next best thing? and be a high school substitute teacher. Cool. Yeah, there you go. And history is something I'm interested in too. I, that's pretty neat though. Good for you. That's that's really cool to hear. And and also stand-up comedy, which is kind of an oxymoron considering you are in a wheelchair, but it's to me perfect. And I, I've, I've watched some of your stuff and it's just hilarious. And a lot of people... It, seems like are uncomfortable seeing the guy in the wheelchair make fun of himself but it's it it really is a perfect thing and you started at a a charity comedy event and can you just talk about that event and what it was for after high school me and Robbie who you know I did a show with and uh, a couple of our other friends um, we, we put on a comedy show called the Comedy Charity Explosion in our hometown to raise money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. And a couple of weeks before the show, Robbie and I were hanging out in my room, and Robbie just out of nowhere said, uh, like, hey, Steve, you should write a stand-up set. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? It should be fun. So I wrote it and I showed it to him. And he said, great, you're going to perform that at the show. Um, so I didn't really have a choice. I was kind of just thrown into it. But uh, yeah, you know, that was going on, you know, almost like 10 and a half years now. Wow, that's, it's yeah. And he, Rami too, is just such a great guy. And, and it's it's really cool to see your relationship with him and, and, have you done many events since then? Like how often do you, do you perform? Obviously with COVID it's not really happening, but how often do you when life is normal? I mean, I used to, uh, I used to perform at least once a month. You know, I, I always tried to, um, you know, it's hard to do it now on Zoom. It's, it's just not the same, but, um, you know, now that the weather it's starting to get warmer out. I'm hoping to really do a lot more outdoor shows. Um, I mean, I, I, I miss it so much. Um, it's just, like I said, it's, it's so different on Zoom that you can't really replicate it. 
without a live audience in front of you. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's 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 definitely been tough. Like it's it's like watching a lot of the the like sports people do there when when COVID was going on. Like doing live streaming events is just not the same as watching them in person or or comedy or acting, whatever it is. It's it's definitely hard to replicate, as you say. And you've also been a public speaker for several years, most predominantly with the Muscular Dystrophy Association, but what like when you do those events what kind of audience is it usually like is it motivational speaking is it like what kind of speaking do you do it's really everything um i either do motivational speaking about overcoming adversity or i talk about like disability issues and health care specifically being on Medicaid and trying to push for single-payer universal health care. Um, I mean, I've spoken to kids, high schoolers, college students. Um, yeah, everybody. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an important thing to chat about. And the the one thing I really wanted to talk about was Rami, because... I'll do the best I can here, but in Hollywood and in acting in general, oftentimes disabled characters are not portrayed by people with disabilities. And it it really is ableist if you think about it, because it's, it's definitely a flawed perspective of somebody who's never lived it. But Rami is about a Muslim family who has immigrated to the States and you are one of the characters in it. You play one of his best friends, which you are also in real life. Um, first off, just before I talk about the show, what is your relationship like with Rami? How did you meet and, and like, what does he mean to you as a friend? Um, we met right, uh, in the fifth grade. So 2001, um, yeah, we've been friends for 20 years now. Um, when we got into high school, we took a TV production class together. So we always had access to cameras, audio equipment, editing equipment. So we would always shoot whatever we wanted. And, you know, the older we got, the better we got. And it's really led to where we are now. Definitely, that's cool. I know, I was just saying, as as friends, you know, he's uh, he's a huge advocate for me. Um, you know, he's someone that I turn to not just for professional help, but for um, you know, personal guidance. Um, you know, whatever it is I need help with, whether it's like working on a project or just making a decision in life you know he helps me work everything out that's great to hear and then he like i said he seems like such a great guy i don't have hulu myself but i i will definitely be checking the show out because it's very interesting and and how did the opportunity come about to be on the show um he wrote a part for me and you know he said to Hulu, 
here's this character based on my best friend Steve, and Steve is going to play him. Um, the studio didn't really like that. They weren't really sure if I could do it. Um, I ended up auditioning for my own part. But, you know, I'm happy to say that I, I proved them wrong. Definitely. And then that's it is sad to hear that a lot of these companies don't don't think that a disabled person can do it. They they automatically assume we're completely limited and we're not able to do it. And that that leads me to my next part. So as of this year, there's actually only eleven characters on like streaming platforms that are played by actual disabled people. And it's it it really isn't good enough. And I, I read an article where you were talking about how it it just it just exudes ableism and it, it doesn't help at all. And it's it's really sad that we're not represented like we should. And I wanted to ask you, since you are in the industry, what do you think we as the disabled community can do to change that narrative? Well, number one is definitely don't watch anything that features a non-disabled actor playing a disabled character. But it's just, it's supporting disabled performers and watching and promoting their work and, you know, just spreading the word about it. And just say, hey, you know, we, we love this actor and this character. We want to see more of that. They'll, they'll, they'll listen. They'll definitely listen. Yeah, they'll listen eventually. And then that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing to no matter what the industry or what the job is to raise that awareness to show like, we're normal. We, we may not look like the normal quote around that for sure people, but we are normal. The only thing is we're physically different. And that, that doesn't mean we don't deserve the rights, but have you noticed the dynamic changing at all, or do you think there's still a long way to go? Yeah, it's definitely changing. I mean, it wouldn't be changing if I wasn't on TV right now. You know, it's definitely changing. And it's funny because you, you mentioned that there are only 11 disabled performers on streaming services. I probably know personally half of them. Um, so, you know, we definitely need more of that. But we are certainly going in the right direction. Definitely. And it's good to see. And, and one of the shows that I recently caught up on was 911. And the character Christopher, played by Gavin McHugh, he's, I think, 12, 11 or 12. And he's one of them. And I'm I'm trying to reach out to him to interview him because I think as a young man, he will realize without even knowing it at this age that he is making a difference. And it is a huge, huge step for disabled people to be in these shows. And that's definitely awesome. I'd, I'd like to uh, follow up after this. Maybe if you could connect me with a few of those actors, I would love to talk to any of them. And, and even I also messaged David Radcliffe, who you were on an interview with, 
uh, with Rami and I watched that last night and it, he, he's awesome. Like just the commission for disabled writers alone is another really cool thing that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. I didn't know about it until I did that interview with him. You know, the resources are out there, but they're, they're just so small and they're never afforded the same level of attention. Right. Yeah, that's just it. And then I'm, I'm definitely going to jump on that boat and, and share as much as I can, because it is amazing to see you and other disabled actors, because it, it, there really isn't enough. And it, it's, it's getting better, though. I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad to hear that insight from you, because obviously I'm not in the industry. So I, I don't really have that behind the scenes look at it. But yeah, thanks for that, Steve. I appreciate it. And I, I have a segment here that I call rapid fire. I just ask my guests random questions j- just to get to know them a little bit. Um, first question, who is your favorite person from New Jersey? Danny DeVito. Awesome. That was quick. I like that. that. That's, I think, the quickest answer I've ever had. People always debate for too long on that. What is your favorite thing to eat? Tacos uh, and pasta. Awesome. Good choices. And this is one I really wanted to, to touch on to see who's kind of inspired you in the comedy realm and, and who would be your top three comedians of influence on your career? Uh, Hannibal Burris, George Harlan, and Roger Dangerfield. Awesome. I like that. That's cool. That's very cool. And Last question of the rapid fire. This might be a tough one, but I don't know. You've been pretty quick, so we'll see. If you could be anyone living or dead for 24 hours, who would you choose? David Lynch. There you go. Awesome. That's great. Wow. You you were you officially are the quickest uh, rapid fire contestant there, Steve. That's awesome. So I, I will in- I will wear that with a badge of honor. Awesome. <laughs> And so back into the questions a bit. So obviously we've touched on the Muscular Dystrophy Association and that's one of the main charities that has supported you. But what are some other charities that have supported you throughout your life or some that are dear to your heart as as a disabled person yourself? Um, I don't really know about other charities, but I work with the Democratic Socialists of America who have been a big help with my um, healthcare fight and me kind of spreading the word about what it's like being disabled on Medicaid. That's, that's probably a very interesting and frustrating thing to deal with, I could imagine. That's uh, that's rough, and and you, yeah, I mean, you know, there are just so many things that people just don't know about. Like, if I marry my girlfriend, I lose my health care. If I have more than two thousand dollars in my bank account at any given time, I lose my health care. Wow. Yeah. See, it's, it's, 
not quite that bad in Canada, but if we get married, we, we lose our government assistance. And it's like, it's just not fair. It's like you say, it's stacked against us. It's like the system just bars us from participating in anything but the the bare minimum and and that really needs to change and and you mentioned your healthcare fight and if you're comfortable with it can, can you just share what was going on there and why you took them to court i was trying to get more personal care assistance uh, my parents are at the age where they can't take care of me as much uh, as much as they used to. My girlfriend works all day long. And at the time, my sister was um, still in college. So I tried to get more personal care assistance, but they kept saying that based on New Jersey's rubric, it's literally a rubric of four pages. And it determines how disabled someone is. And I kept saying that based on that rubric, I'm not disabled enough for more personal care assistance. I mean, if you look at me, if you look at me for the first time, you're probably thinking like, oh, he's gonna die like tomorrow. But because I didn't fit the criteria on four pieces of paper, that determined my eligibility. Wow. That's ridiculous. And and was there an outcome or are you still fighting them or, or is it over now? Yeah, I lost. So basically based on those four pieces of paper that you lost the fight that's unbelievable and and it just really goes to show that we are a very oppressed group and and geez I couldn't imagine it's were you able to get any friends or anything to help you or has it kind of been difficult through COVID oh yeah yeah I mean you know I I try to it's hard to vet who I do really have in my house you know, because not only do I have to worry about the people in like my immediate circle, but I have to worry about the people that they're around too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it's been difficult. I mean, the reason why I moved out of my parents' house was because my sister got COVID. So, yeah, it's really been hard. Definitely. And then I don't need to speak for you. I'm uh compromised as well if 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 either of us get it we're pretty much dead i mean we are lucky to to get out of that alive and it's it's pretty scary but i mean what can you do are have you been vaccinated yet or are you going to i i am fully vaccinated awesome good to hear i'm glad to hear that because it's it's actually been kind of hard here the canadian government hasn't made disabled people fully at the top of the list, which is weird to me, but uh, I've heard in the States it's going decent. Most of my American friends with disabilities are vaccinated and it's it's good to hear. I've gotten the first dose, but the second one will be next month. But yeah, thanks for your insight there, Steve. It's, it's uh, I appreciate your uh, honesty and your, your advice. 
for people to you know how to deal with it and and for advice specifically what advice would you give to a disabled person who might be scared or worried right now because we're not out of it yet it still could come back at us like what advice would you give to a disabled person who's maybe scared or unsure well if they're scared or unsure that means that they're alive and that they've made it this entire year so just keep doing everything that you've been doing and if you need help don't be afraid to ask for it you know be smart about it but it's okay to ask for help you know we've learned a lot the last year and so if you need something you know people will find a way to get that to you but you know just get the vaccine keep wearing a mask keep uh you know just limiting your interactions with people but we will get there we're on the right track we definitely are and i did an interview last week and i asked the same question and the guy just said keep fighting because if anybody's used to it or good at it it's disabled people and at the end of the day there's not much we can do and like you say just get vaccinated wash your hands limit your interactions don't be stupid is pretty much it right i mean it's all you can say well steve that's about all i have for you today thanks a lot for doing this i really do appreciate it and it was an honor to chat to you and hopefully hopefully we talk in the future as well it would be it would be great i would love that dude uh, thank right, you man. so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Anytime, Steve. And you take care, stay safe, and keep fighting, man, because we're we're doing well. We, we can get through this. Hey, much love, man. Thank you. Solidarity. Yeah, you too, man. Take care. Have a good night. Thank you. You too.